This week on the Exclamation Mark Podcast, Gamescom happened, and with it comes Games News. We talk Quantum Break, Scale Bound, Halo Wars 2, Crackdown 3, Mafia 3, and more. Blizzard also had a live stream during Gamescom, so Bo will be talking about Blizzard again. Uh, this week's dialogue tree is all about live streaming. Is it a positive or negative force in gaming culture? We've got new games per minute, inventory management, master game theater, and so much more. Coming up in 30 seconds on EXM. The podcast that gives you a free life after 100 episodes. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Welcome to the Exclamation Mark Podcast. My name is Crofton Steers, one of your two gamer guides, game genies, if you will, for this episode of the show. Pretty much for all episodes of the show. I don't think I've missed an episode yet. You know who else hasn't missed an episode? My co-host, Bo Schwartz. Bo, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. How's it going, Exclamation Mark Podcast listeners? Um... Yeah, I haven't missed an episode because all the recording stuff's at my house. And you have a course to take uh, hey, with whoa, me whoa, whoa. before you can record it without me. Don't show, like, it's like the Wizard of Oz. Nobody wants to know what's behind the curtain, Bo. That's it's not the magic. I'm teaching a class in October on how to make podcasts for beginners. For beginners. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't want to oversell my ability here. I, I, it's not, you know. Neurosurgery, yeah. but there, there are things to know. Anyways, I'm doing good. Uh, I hope everyone out there in video game land is doing great, having fun, playing games, not getting their hearts broken. I don't know. Why. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> unless, unless it's their virtual hearts. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, so it's been a, last week. We kind of it was slow news week. We talked about a lot of the games we were playing. Uh, this week we're going to look a little bit more towards the news side of things because there was a big event, and I'm talking, of course, about Gamescom, uh, which I tend to mispronounce. I always think there's an N at the end, like Games Conference, but it's it's an M, like yeah, Gamescom, like as in dot com. Oh, I guess yeah. I did, I didn't even I I it, thought it, it was takes an place in Germany, conference. right? So it's actually like Gamescom or something oh, yeah. like that. It's like thank you, Gamescom. <laughs> I don't know. That does it. That really helps me a lot. <laughs> it's uh, it was in Cologne this year, which seems like a nice city. Yeah, it probably smells good too. Oh, oh God, this is going to be a horrible <laughs> episode. Uh, um, okay, uh, before we get to it, Bo, uh, you brought my attention to something earlier this week. Uh, I want to give you a pulpit to talk about it. So please. Uh, tell me what drew your laughter this week. Oh, this week. If you haven't checked it out, check out the latest Time magazine cover. It's relevant to gamers in that there's a picture of our beloved uh, Palmer Lucky or Palmer Lukey. I'm never sure how to say his last name properly. Um, and they're featuring VR in the thing. So what they thought they decided to do was dress him up in a polo and some jeans without any shoes or socks on so he's barefoot and a VR device and have him floating in the air like 
But, you know, he's got a gamer body. He's not like, you know, it doesn't work out. He's got a little paunch, you know, and and okay. they, the backdrop is a beach from like stockphotosomewhere.com <laughs> like like the worst background like hey vr is so amazing check out this beach <laughs> and people have been photoshopping the beach out and putting them into all, all kinds of things one of my favorites so far has been um, Leonardo DiCaprio hugging him on the Titanic <laughs> in place of Kate Winslet, which I thought was pretty it, it made those Reddit uh, Photoshop battles. I saw a lot of funny yeah. ones. It's, it's funny, though. Like, it is a legitimate concern for in terms of how you're going to promote this. Like, there's no way you can make it look cool. And I have tried the Oculus Rift at your house. I know it's a sweet experience, but from a marketing point of view, it's going to be a really difficult sell to people because, I mean, you look ridiculous when you wear it, and there's no way to get away from that, really. You know, like, there's... It's, you're always going to look ridiculous while wearing virtual reality, but the whole point is it's what you're seeing, not what other people are seeing. But when you're selling the product... Yeah. Well, You're trying to sell something that, you know... Yeah, you can't sell the VR experience. How? Uh, but I will say that the drug industry is very popular, and you can't also... You know, there, there's no marketing on drugs. You're just like, man, it's awesome. You take this LSD, and you're going to see purple goblins with underwear on their head. And I've never seen like, an LSD ad on the front of Time magazine. I'm just saying, anything, you know, recreational or whatever that's like... You know, I think it's going to be a lot of word of mouth and hype and killer app experiences. You're right, though. There's no, like, there's nothing in a two-dimensional image that's going to communicate the incredibleness of VR. But um, Speaking of incredibleness, Bo, this is the second weekend of, and I think, uh, second week, I think we need a bumper for this segment, of Bo's Windows 10 uh, experience. So you installed Windows 10, early adopter. Uh, last week, you didn't have too, too much to report. You said it seemed to be working fine. Anything new? Any new sort of doodads, Wait, I've, doohickeys? I've got a bumper for the Windows 10 section. Lame. <laughs> There's your That's... bumper, everyone. Oh, really? Um, well, no, no, no. I just, I just used something that was nearby. Uh, so, um... Yeah, same old, same old. I'm having the same audio issues. I haven't checked for updates yet, so that might be my bad. But, um, my webcam won't Skype without effing up everybody's webcams somehow. I don't understand it. Could be Skype. I, I don't know. But it's little bu little bugs. What about new features, Bo? Give I me some features. No new features. Like the great thing about Windows 10 to be perfectly honest is I just installed it and it's like whatevs. Like like as far as like as a gamer, like I've, all my games work fine, all of my programs work fine. I didn't have to reinstall any single drivers or anything except for that audio issue I may have to look into. It has been seamless. So a week's gone by and it's like, and like the start menu's back and it looks more high graphics. Big whoop, you know. Yeah, all right. It's still okay. all the same stuff. So okay, I'm assuming so, the background programming is better, but you know, I'm sure. Question, sure again, I'm going to ask you this every week. Is this the week for me to get Windows 10 or not? Uh, I think it's a limited time. So, no, but I mean, like, I it's a limited time, but I can still wait a little bit longer, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't rush out and get it. I I'm pretty happy with my Windows 7, yeah. so, you know. But there's a limited time where you can get it for free, and at a certain point you have to pay, I think, I think it's a limited time. I, my information's not 100%. So if you have some spare time, you're looking at doing it, it took an hour or two. And if you're coming to us for information, you got problems. 
Yeah. Uh, what are you doing here? All right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's move on right to the Gamescom news. Uh, if only we had some sort of bumper for this section, Bo. I just made one two months ago. Readme.txt. All right. Readme.txt. Yes, the news section, if you will. And we got a lot of it from Gamescom. So do you want to start, like, you're more of the the Blizzard god around here. Do you want to start with the Blizzard news or do you want to start with the console news? What do you want to do? Um, Let's, fine, let's start with the Blizzard news. Sweet. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, the big news is that we are getting World of Warcraft players a new expansion called World of Warcraft Legion. And basically, it you know, there were signs that it was coming back in the Warlords of Draenor storyline, but it's the return of everyone's favorite Burning Crusade-style content. So there was a teaser trailer, not the full trailer. We're getting another one. There was a teaser trailer which featured Illidan. And Illidan is one of the most badass Warcraft characters of all time. He's blind. He's been in prison for 10,000 years. He's angry. He's got the coolest looking uh, weapons, the Warglaives of Azanoth. So we know he's coming back. There's going to be Demon Hunter as a new class. And um, there's there seems to be some sweet looking zones. So if you're into Warcraft, lots of cool new story coming up. And what's notable about this one is it's usually been two years plus for each expansion to arrive. This one's coming... It seems like it's going to be about a year. This is much sooner than they've ever done before. Um, and it's uh, quashing a lot of the disdain people had. They were uh, disappointed in some of the patch content that came out with the last one. So, But is it like I read recently that there was a huge drop off in World of Warcraft subscribers, like one of their biggest drop offs of all time. And yes. do you think uh, that led them to fast track this out the door? Or? No, they've been talking about this being their intention for a long time. And I think... I think after 10 years of having the game that the fa- player base has expectations about when things arrive, what they're getting. And I think they felt like they got less in Warlords of Draenor, that the initial game was amazing, but wasn't enough to keep them coming back, keep them raiding. It's just all grindy stuff, you know? And um, so this is part of their long-term plan. The Warcraft movie's coming out in 2016. Without a doubt, this is going to dovetail with the Warcraft film. So... This all looks planned and prepared, and they've been saying that for a few years now. Just before moving on, just a quick question from someone who doesn't play WoW. Like, WoW's been around since 2004 at this point. Like, do any of these expansions overhaul the graphics at all or update them? Oh, yeah. Uh, Last expansion, all the primary heroes got a huge graphical update. They look way better than they did back in the day. Um, the game still looks dated, but um, yeah, they up the ante every time. Usually there, there are adjustments to the graphics with every expansion of late. There that, doesn't seem to be any announced for you know the next one. Sweet. All right. Yeah. Any other Blizzard news? Yep. So this is old news, but uh, if you are a Hearthstone player, the Grand Tournament's coming. Croft and you and I haven't talked about it. The new cards look amazing, so I'll be spending my time in Hearthstone yet again. Um and so they revealed a bunch of cards, and they had a lot of illuminaries from the Hearthstone community hosting. Frodan hosted their live streams, and uh, Kriparian, who's uh, from Toronto. Well, he's from Toronto. He's a big Hearthstone guy. He was on there. It's nice to see him on the Blizzard streams. Um, and we also got 
and this is the most exciting to me, some new heroes for Heroes of the Storm. Specifically, we got the Monk from Diablo. We got Rexar and Misha from Warcraft, which is going to be an orc hunter with a pet. And you've played these guys, Crofton and Hearthstone. They're coming to Heroes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he gets a the, pet, the hunter, so he's actually yeah. two guys. Like, it's his pet and him running around. It looks pretty incredible. We got Artanis, a Protoss uh, commander of sorts from StarCraft One and yeah. Two. Uh, the first StarCraft warrior. Everyone's very excited to see what that looks like. And we're getting the medic from StarCraft, which is exciting because the medic gets the medevac, which allows you to load up your uh, teammates into a plane and transport them to another part of the map and drop them off for uh, uh, tactical strikes. So it seems I haven't been more excited about hero stuff since those announcements. And I, think, I think they're starting to use the term hero pretty liberally at this point. <laughs> like StarCraft 2 Medic? Well, I'm sorry. We have, we last ha- time I checked, that guy was a grunt that gets killed a hundred times. Well, they, they, they make them individuals. We have a tank, you know the siege tanks? We have one right now in Heroes and her name is Sergeant Hammer. And she's she's a gruff, short little woman who's very strong in spirit and drives a tank. And Sweet, I guess. It's like I, I knew this was going to happen at one point. You know, there's a lot of heroes in, in Blizzard lore, but they're going to run out at one point and start, you know, making those little wiener dudes become heroes. I, I, so. don't, I don't know. I think they're do, I think they did that initially to make the wiener dudes in StarCraft because they're the real heroes of StarCraft, right? Not the characters as much. I don't know. Jim Rayner is a... You know, when I think yeah. hero, I think guy like Jim Rayner. I don't think StarCraft Two Medic. That's all I'm saying. I guess so. Uh, who knows? There's all kinds of weird stuff in that game. They made the Lost Vikings a hero for crying out loud. Yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> and they're really annoying, but fun, but annoying. All right, um, that's it for Blizzard. I mean, we just want to cover the the broad strokes. I know if you're into Blizzard stuff, you could talk about this for an entire show, maybe ten entire shows. But a lot of great stuff coming out of Gamescom. Unfortunately, I didn't. I, I meant to, and I didn't tune in too much to the rest. So Crofton's put together some other information to recap well, from BlizzCon, uh, from Gamescom. I mean, what was interesting about Gamescom is is that they had um, Microsoft had a press conference, and you know, it, it really feels like E3 just happened. So the fact that they had enough news to anchor a press conference with games that we have not seen or have not. Be, uh, uh, we're not shown at E3 was impressive to me anyway. And uh, they had a bunch of stuff. So the first thing is the creators of Max Payne and Alan Wake, Remedy. And these are all, com- a lot of these companies um, that showed at Gamescom are European companies, right? So Remedy uh, showed off their next big game. And Bo, honestly, like I could blah, blah, blah you about it and it won't sound as good as it looks. It's called Quantum Break. Um, and it's sort of like a time manipulation third-person action game. So, like, um, imagine a, a game a la Uncharted and Gears of War. You can sort of – a lot of take cover shooting, climbing over things, that sort of stuff. But also crazy amounts of time control uh, mechanics. Yeah. And somehow it's – like, all the characters, the main characters are modeled after actors. Like, they're, they're not big actors. The guy who played Iceman – in the X-Men movies is the main guy, for instance. You hear um, that, Iceman? You're not big. <laughs> yeah, Sean Ashmore. I'm sorry, Sean. Uh, you know, maybe this will be your big break, buddy. Uh, 
but uh, <laughs> sorry, I just I couldn't help yeah, myself. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. You know what was funny too? Uh, just as a, an aside, uh, Remedy's main creative guy is this guy Sam Lake, and um, Sam Lake introduced Sean Ashmore on stage. Uh, and and was talking about quant, uh, quantum breaking this, but what I could not get over was the fact that um, the the very first Max Payne game, mm-hmm. like the sh- they scanned Sam Lake's face for Max Payne's character before changing him in in subsequent sequels, so like he looks like exactly like that Max Payne with the kind of constipation face. And uh, I could not get over that the whole time. I'm like, God, it's Max Payne, and he sounds extremely European. Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, it was it, the game looks good, but it's in where where my alarm bells are going off is it's it's integrating with a television show, um, and uh, I, I'm not sure if the TV show is going to just be in the game like the. And I know a lot of games like Alan Wake and Max Payne have had like in-game sort of TV shows that you could watch. Yeah. But it, it looks like it's going to be with real actors and all that. And uh, the and um, it's going to intertwine with the gameplay. And I don't know, like it looks innovative, but I'm not sure. Like you'll have to go go watch some of the clips, but tell me what you think. Yeah. But well, it's really I, not um, just, for me. It's to try it, and save some time for you a bit. I am just I have it on mute. I'm just watching a quick one minute thing. It's almost done. I see two actors in this from The Wire, like the world's uh, favoriteest, bestest TV show for elite MFs, like. You. Ever, I'm like I'm so in because of the two guys I know. Uh, I knew you were gonna say I. I purposely did not mention the two C-list actors from The Wire because I knew C-list. You were be, everyone is A-list on The Wire. I knew you, you take were that back. Gonna be maybe biased. maybe the bunk and Omar are like a tier above everyone else, but. Uh, all right, all right. I'm in. Like that's it. That's all you needed to. That's all you had to say. <laughs> the thing is, I'm in due to Remedy. They have a great track record yes. of making yeah. narrative-based games. I like that. But when I watch the gameplay of it, it does look a little much, much like Power Trip, bro. Bro gets superpowers, runs through, and does all sorts of time. Like I don't know. It look. It, it looks a little bit like lowest common denominator for Remedy, but they did they did interesting stuff with Alan Wake. So I'm 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 cool to to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. Hopefully it comes to PC because I don't got an Xbox yet. But who knows? Maybe I'll shell out for one. Um. All right. Other games. This one, Bo Scalebound. I had never heard of. It's it's riding. It's this. It's a, another bro dude. He's got these big headphones. He rides a dragon. And he can get off the dragon, and he can fight uh, fight guys with the dragon. They can do combos together. He can get back on. And um, oh, I've it looks, heard of this. Yeah, it I looks. Think it was uh, announced here, at E3. It looks obnoxious when you look at it. Like when you look at cutscenes as an adult, I find it looks uh, it looks like it's designed for teens who want to be you know cool dude type teens. I sound super square. Um, but but cool here, dude here's type teens. Here's the thing again. It like how I gave the benefit of the doubt to Quantum Break. This is made by Platinum Games, and Platinum are known for 
Bayonetta one and two, Vanquish, uh, you know, like these these super crazy action games. And I talked about Vanquish before. I made it one of my recommendations. The guy in Vanquish is ridiculous. Like he's like Solid Snake times ten manliness. Smokes cigarettes in his helmet and is like I'm a cool dude or whatever. So. So I'm able to look past that shit for a game that's really fun to play. And that's what Vanquish was. It was amazingly fun to play. So I'm hoping that this scale-bound game, like even though the main character looks obnoxious and whatever, I'm hoping that the gameplay is awesome because um, Platinum has a high pedigree to that in that regard. So. And did you, uh, not say, did you say it or did I read this? A four-player co-op was going to be in scale-bound. No, it's it's for they showed a little clip at the end of the trailer of four player co op. It was a cinematic thing that I saw. Yeah. It was just like a little cutscene where multiple clones of your character and dragon appeared um, to fight a big boss. It looked like a raid boss, a little bit like Borderlands, sort of. But um, you have a giant dragon with you in that game. That's a pretty n- nice little feature, I'd say. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see. Uh, I'm I, I'm tentatively excited. Looks good. So look, look, looks looks like it has a lot of potential to it. So the reminds me of Final game. Fantasy fifteen a little bit, if I can just say. Just it has that feel to it, although I'm sure they'll be very different. Yeah, there was a Final Fantasy fifteen trailer. Um it looked kind of dumb. I was oh. just like an emotionally powerful trailer, but when you don't know any of the characters or any of the context, it didn't really resonate very much with me. It was like a, an old man with a wicked sword leaning on a card holding a little baby that's going to grow up or a little kid that's going to grow up to be the main character or whatever. Anyway, I, it, it, they played epic music and then it's zoomed out and then you saw these giant monsters or whatever. But, um, and then it just says final fantasy 15. I still, I'm still really, if that game's awesome, amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll love to play it, but I, I remain not super excited for that one. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I know. I know you like your, which is good, man. You should be, uh, Halo Wars 2 was announced. Um, the I never thought that game was going to get a sequel. Yeah, jeez, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, so Halo Wars, for those who don't know, is like an RTS version of Halo on console, in this case Xbox One. Yeah. But I mean, Halo, just put Halo in front of anything and it probably sells a zillion copies, you know? So what are you going to do? I guess so, yeah. And I, do, do people like that game? I never checked it out. It felt like, you know when they take like, Oh, everyone likes Mario. Well, let's make Mario Kart. Let's make Mario Party. And let's make Mario RPG. Those are all good Mario games. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, let's make Mario spin the bottle. The one that nobody buys that was a bad idea. And I, I always I always had that prejudice on Halo Wars where it's like, man, people like Halo. Maybe That's they what... like an RTS. Although my understanding is Halo started as an RTS before it became a first-person shooter in the bungee dock. It, it totally yeah. makes sense for it to be like Halo Wars is like on paper. It makes tons of sense. Do you remember we'd be playing Planet Side one? And I would often say when we we're playing Planet Side, I'm like, this is like you're it's like you're playing an RTS, except you're just one dude on the ground. Yeah. Well, well, Halo Wars, um, I felt they could always make a Planet Side RTS. And Halo is in the same vein. There's tons of different vehicle units, tons of different races and this sort of thing. Um, I don't think it's as deep or as complex as something like StarCraft, but I think that they found a way to 
have a control scheme that worked well for consoles with the first Halo Wars. I know some people who played it a lot, and obviously they have the sales figures to say that it's worth a second go-around. But unlike some of those ridiculous Mario ones, this, like, the, I'll give them credit. They haven't milked Halo that much outside of the there's, main There's no games. Halo Halo cart art yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. There's no, like, yeah. Master Halo, Chief although, Motion Theater. Is there a Halo RPG? No, I'm no. thinking of the Doom RPG. Like, there's a yeah, there have no, been some weird RPG things, but not Halo. So yeah, they've been uh, they've kept it pretty pretty selective. tight so far. All right, all right. Uh, so the other the last Microsoft bit of Microsoft news was a Crackdown three um, uh, demo, and it just showed uh, destructive environments where like you could destroy pretty much each building and stuff. Look cool. Like, I mean, it looked cool, but uh, Crackdown is one of those games that I, I missed because it was sold on the back of the Halo 3 demo in the time. Like, you could, you, uh, beta rather, you, you buy Crackdown, you get entry to the Halo 3 beta. And I didn't really care about getting into the Halo 3 beta. I don't even think I, my console was connected at the time. And uh, so I just, you know, I, I just missed Crackdown. But a lot of people felt that Crackdown was really fun. Crackdown 2 was super underwhelming. I think it was a copy and paste slap job. And uh but the third the third one is uh, I guess supposed to be pretty cool looking. It's just I you know I think it's going to be a miss for me unless everybody says it's amazing just because I'd never played the first two. So Yeah, Crackdown I heard a lot of good things about that first one. I think there are a lot of fans of it, but I also missed it. So I like I, the idea of a hundred percent destructible environments. That that yeah, that's cool. Hundred percent. I do. I do feel though that you've got games like Just Cause that are known for that, and Just Cause Three is coming out, and um, and I feel like Crackdown is getting into that arena, but now has to sell itself on the back of its own name. And I think Crackdown One is so <laughs> beloved because nobody thought it was going to be any good they were buying the game literally to get a demo and then it's like oh this game is not that bad and so it's like when you get something for free or something that you i don't know didn't think you were going to get or be as good as it is you have fonder memories of it i'd be interested to know somebody who played crackdown if they went back and played crackdown one or if i go and play crackdown one for the first time now how dated is it going to be or how shitty or is it going to still hold up you know so all good and deep questions related to Crackdown <laughs> deep, franchise. <laughs> deep questions for Crackdown. Just, you listen, I'm like six questions. Like, what does this mean for my life? How am I going to go on knowing a Crackdown 3 is good? Or <laughs> I, I just think for me, all, all the Microsoft announcements are in this sort of is, uh, spot of like, I don't have an Xbox One. I have a PlayStation 4, but... I'm not opposed to necessarily getting an Xbox One in the future. So every time they announce new games and stuff, I think is this is this killer it? Is this enough for me to shell out the cash for the Xbox One? And so far, I'm I'm not there yet. So do we'll they have see. a Make... killer app that you aren't responding to? Is it the Halo? Is there a Halo? What's the killer yeah? Halo app right Five now? is coming out this year, and that will be sort of their their killer game essentially uh, uh, for this year. And of course I haven't even played Halo four, but they had the master chief collection last year. I'm a little haloed out. So for me, that's really not, not a big, uh, a big selling point, yeah. but I know for some people it def it definitely is. All right. But you have something you are looking forward to. In, yeah, I, this is outside of the Microsoft press conference. Okay, so a couple episodes back, I made my recommendation of the show Mafia 2. Of the game. I said, yeah, the game. I said that that's, it's an underrated game. 
People should play it. It still holds up. A lot of fun. Blah, 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 blah. Mafia 2. Go play it. If you didn't listen to that episode, go play it now. Actually, finish listening to the show, then go play it. Maybe maybe play it in another window while you listen to the show. No, don't do that. It's very story heavy. So you should just play it, but really enjoy it because it's good. So anyway, they announced <laughs> Mafia 3, um, which had been long in gestation. Like uh, They'd been talking about Mafia 3 or hinting at it for a long time. And uh, it's set in New Orleans. Uh, has a bit of a different tact. It's uh, it's um, instead of uh, being a part of sort of the Sicilian Italian mob, as you were in the first two mafia games. Now you're sort of like it's you know it's New Orleans style. So while there are Italian mobsters in it, including the protagonist from Mafia Two, you are playing sort of like uh, this this uh, half black half white guy who went to the Vietnam War. Uh, came back with his band of brothers and formed essentially a mafia family. Uh, one thing led to another. Your whole family got essentially gunned down by the Italian mob and you're seeking revenge and to build your own empire sort of deal. Um, so they aired a soundtrack with super wicked music. Bo, did you watch this? No, the, the, no. I'm Right when the show's done, I'm going to check oh, it out. Okay, yeah, you got to check. The, the, um, the trailer is super awesome. It's got amazing 60s music. Like, you know, you got some, I think CCR was Rolling Stones. I, I Anyway, they had a lot of awesome, awesome music. And it's all about, it's all contextualized with the main character driving this this guy in his trunk to an, an execution. And meanwhile, it's flashing back to all these things, setting up his motivation and his character. Now, I, it looks awesome, and I love the Mafia franchise, so I am for sure in. That said, a couple of alarm bells. Again, the main character has suffering, is suffering from the gravel throat that you see in a lot of these I guys. Like, I'm super wicked, and I'm cool and awesome. You can tell by my voice, you know, like... And uh, that really, and he's super handsome. Obviously, it's a, it's a trope, you know. It's a trope. I, I know. I just feel feel that Mafia is trying to push these sort of push these um, ideas like uh, racial identity. Like it's a time the Vietnam War, PS, PTSD. Like all there's all these things that are there, and then you still got like. You know, gravel throat McCottness, you know, uh, and, and I just. <laughs> I think I'm going to change my name to that, by the way. Gravel throat McCottness. Tra- like... Trademark. Uh, gravel throat McCottness. I'm going to the naming um, office today to get my name changed. What would you like to change it to, sir? Gravel throat McCottness. Oh, I'm sorry. That is already taken by that hot man over there. Hello, son. Um, but uh, I just feel like Mafia 3 is going to be awesome. Uh, and the trailer got me excited, but I, I pick everything apart now. You know, it's part of being an adult and being like, okay, you know, this is a little bit tropey or whatever. And uh, But Mafia 1 and 2, one thing I loved about the Mafia games, and this is a little bit spoilery, but in in Mafia 1, the, the, the character you play has like a cameo in Mafia 2. And they even sort of explain some of the events of the epilogue in Mafia 1 and Mafia 2 because the epilogue of Mafia 1 happens sort of in the future, like 20 years in the future, whatever, um, which takes place during Mafia 2. So you play the epilogue of Mafia 1 in Mafia 2. Oh. And then, hmm. yeah, I know it's pretty, it's pretty cool how it's done. And then in this game, 
you're in Mafia Three. You're going to assemble like four generals uh, to to help you run your family or whatever. And one of them can, is the protagonist of Mafia Two. So uh, the guy you were playing in Mafia Two. So it's it's it, I like how they do that. Like it's it's its own self-contained story, but there's like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. To, We're still in uh, the same gangster universe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I like that. I, I do uh, the, the DGU, and, and, the Disney Gangster Universe. Pardon? <laughs> the DGU, the Disney Gangster. Everything's its own universe now, Bo. The, Disney... the Mafia universe. Yeah. Cool, so, man. Well, uh, you guys, you, and also our friend outside of the show on the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast, Mike, have both enjoyed Mafia games. And actually, Mike did not them. enjoy Mafia. Oh. I no, saw him I, playing the first one. I thought he liked it. I lent it to him because I really loved Mafia 1, and he couldn't get into it because, the, in his words, the cars go too slow. Uh, um, I think that's a legit complaint. <laughs> Mafia 1 takes place like cars in the 30s. It's supposed to go fast, so. especially for Gravel Throat McHotness. So like, yeah. now, now I'm Gravel cars... Throat McHotness. Why is this car so slow? <laughs> Yeah, well, that was back in the day before Gravel Throat McHotness. They could, they didn't have the technology to render the hotness back then. Yeah, just the gravel. Um, All right. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Mafia 3 was my most exciting thing about Gamescom this year. The, the announcement, the trailer, I saw some of the gameplay footage. Like, it's not revolutionary or anything, but the key to me for Mafia is always atmosphere. They nail atmosphere, and there's been a lot of talk about oh, Mafia 2, Mafia 1, there's these open worlds, but there's not a lot to do. That's based on a false assumption that they they that you're supposed to be given all these like collect-a-thons or um, dumb sort of quests to do to fill, to fill in this open world. They literally build an open world just for the sake of atmosphere. And I find like in Mafia 2, like during the Christmas level and all this, um, it, it's just so well done. You really feel like you're in that time period. Uh, and I find it's really rich. So anyway, anyone who's not played the Mafia games, I don't know, one probably doesn't hold up, but uh, but two is definitely uh, a great, yeah, great playthrough. I think you could play it by it now and have a good time. Yeah, sir, you could. All right, I've talked a lot, Bo. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about Gamescom? No, uh, like I said, I missed a lot of the stuff, so I still have to do some catching up. If anything jumps out, I'll bring it to next week's show. But I think they talked a lot about games that were already sort of announced. Like, we know there's a new Tomb Raider. We know there's a Mad Max game coming. And in Syndicate, there might be some new stuff. Just Cause 3, we know about. Things like that. But um yeah, they did deeper, like, sort of gameplay dives into a lot of those. But, uh, I mean, a, a lot of them, like, I've played a lot of Assassin's Creed. i played the last Tomb Raider, Just Cause, you know. Like, these are all games that I have played before and I'm not tremendously excited about. That doesn't mean that when they come out, they're not going to capture my enthusiasm. But at this time, like, I really almost want to lo- know as little as possible about those games and... and be surprised when they do come out rather than like immerse myself in all the minutia of the next Assassin's Creed. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, one last little thing before we move on. If you do have battle.net uh, installed on your PC, by the way, you'll notice if you haven't logged in, if you do, you'll notice there's a little button called overwatch. Um, there isn't a play button yet though, but uh, something's coming. So that's news too. So I just thought I'd jam it in there. It's um, like a beta. I don't. I think it's going to be open beta. Yeah, for sure. But they haven't said anything. It just showed up, and it's like, well, there it is. T 
teaser. Yeah. Game. All right. Um, I'll give that. You know what? I'll give that one a try. I feel like it's going to be more of my jam than a lot of the other Blizzard games that are. A lot of Blizzard games for me are hotkey based. Like you're just running around waiting for hotkeys to recharge. Like a Diablo, World of Warcraft, maybe Heroes. I've never played Heroes, but like uh, so for for um, this game because it's a first person and all that. The Overwatch, it it feels like it might be more my jam. You love all the unintended racism in Overwatch too. Like, Is there uh, a they, they announced a new character called Lucio. He's the black guy, and he's got neon dreadlocks, and he's all about get, killing people to the beat. Like he's got headphones, and he's on rollerblades, oh, 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 and his gun God. is a beat gun. Like he's got yeah, and then, you know there's like the Japanese guy Hanso, and he you know has a sword, <laughs> and you've got your Clint Eastwood Mag- McGraw, I think McGree. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's that's the guy I'll play. Yeah. Um, he's got the, actually the Red Dead Redemption thing where he just shoots all of his bullets out, uh, you know. You'd like Go it. ahead, make my day. And Oh, and when he uses his ultimate, a tumbleweed falls by. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I yeah. I do like all that because I was playing a bit of StarCraft too, and and there is a there is a character on there a, a black Rastafarian dude who comes on your ship, and he's a total oh, racial stereotype, Tosh. you know, like Tosh. Tosh, Tosh yeah. or Toshly, yeah. I know you're talking about. Blizzard, Blizzard needs some sensitivity training. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the games per minute. You always talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street smoking pot. This is games per minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? What's, what is games per minute, Bo? Uh, games per minute is where we tell you about the games we've been playing since we last recorded, which was seven days ago last week. Um, and I'm. Uh, do you want to start or do I want to start? We both we both said that we were going to try and keep it somewhat short and sweet this right. week, just because uh, we want to get to our dialogue tree topic and also. Um, uh, we covered a lot of news ground this week because of Gamescom. So I'll start real quick. Uh, I've just been playing. Um, I, I played a lot of games last week. I, I talked a lot about them, and it's one of those things where you're multitasking. You know, one of them is going to rise to the top at one point. For me, that was Ori in the Blind Forest, uh, which I, you guys recall last week when I was talking about this game. I kind of said, you know, I don't see really what all the hype's about. You know, it's pretty good, but. Maybe like a seven, eight out of ten. Uh, having spent like the week with it, and really like I'm near the end of the game at this point, I have to I have to like walk it back and say yes, it is a really really good game. There's a couple of new mechanics that are innovative, uh, um, and while I still have issue with the story is not particularly great and that sort of thing the art is amazing the music is amazing each new location is just a delight uh and and the um the gameplay is is and i use this term all the time thumb candy and it and it doesn't start off necessarily that way because you have no powers but as you gain powers um it definitely becomes more and more fun i feel like the story uh and 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 i mentioned the opening sequence last week and a lot of people when they they talk about Ori. They talk about this opening sequence. I feel like it it almost does a disservice to the game because it kind of makes you think that it's something that it's not. Um, and it sets a tone that the rest of the game doesn't necessarily follow. 
Um, but really, it's just it's a solid it's a solid Metroidvania where you get some pretty new and unique powers with a gorgeous art style that is just fun to play. So I'll be done it this time next week, I'm sure. But it's uh, it's a really good game. Well, it's on my Steam wish list. It's one I'm looking forward to playing at some point because of all that you said about said about. Well, it. now I'm I last week I just felt bad because I kind of tempered my thoughts. You did, and now that now that I'm in it a little more, I realize it's it's better than when I thought. It's funny because I edited your comments in my brain last week about it to say like, oh, he's criticizing it. But overall, I know Crofton's enjoying this game. Like it came across that it was a very positive experience. So sweet. It is for sure. Yeah. And you're still playing Witcher. You're not getting too uh, distracted no, with Ori. You have to finish Witcher before you can play anything else. See, I put the I put those limits, artificial limits, on myself. But no, I'm on another Witcher break. Uh, I had to unplug the PlayStation Four to go on this trip or whatever, and I I never plugged it back when I got home because I was too lazy. Um, and uh, wow. I so I didn't I didn't get back into the Witcher. I'm definitely committed to finishing it, and once I'm done Ori, I'll. I'll I'll go back to uh, I'll go back to The Witcher, but I I felt like I needed this break. Like I had put a lot a lot of time in The Witcher, and the last thing I'll just say about The Witcher real quick is that they're um they're uh, releasing that that free DLC. If you remember, I did that unboxing where I showed that they 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 had a new DLC thing every week, and the last one is going to add a, a new game plus mode to the game. Uh, and I know that that's just going to effing kill me because, like, when I'm finished, I'll be really there, tempted to restart. Is there any reason to do a new game plus? I The, the reason is um, there's a couple of, of things. Uh, one, the number one is the development of your character. You can get nowhere, nowhere near to maxing out all his skills and powers in a first playthrough, even with hundreds and hundreds of hours. Like, you just can't get enough points to do to to do it so i mean that's the incentive the the real big incentive is to to get that but there's also a lot of like decisions in the witcher like decisions that have actual ramifications more so than even games like telltale games and so um so you i am curious to see how a lot of those decisions play out if you go the other direction right so uh yeah anyway that's uh uh the th- I'm not saying I'll play I'll play it again right away, but it's nice to know that it's there so that like when I'm having a dry game period I could be like, Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna go instead of starting a new Witcher game, I'll do new game plus and it and I'll play it at the hardest difficulty and I'll, you know, with my super sexy gravel voiced McHaughty Witcher. Yeah, yeah. He is a gravel voiced and speaking of gravel voiced characters Good on them for getting the new game plus out so quickly. Um, the Deus Ex Human Revolution uh, Director's Cut Edition has a new game plus, but by the time I got there, I'd already played the game like three times. Like, I was just like, "Oh, new game plus." Let me, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't play it before. Maybe someday in the future, but honestly, I'd probably want to play it from scratch, not play it. Like, I'm probably going to play Deus Ex before the launch of the next one to, you know, just re-experience the story again. But I don't think I'd do New Game Plus because, you know, it's too easy, right? Yeah. All those powers trivializes everything. It's kind of like, eh. But, um, yeah. All right. So I have been playing, drumroll please. That's don't be Blizzard. Don't be Blizzard. Don't be Heroes Blizzard. Heroes of the Storm. Damn it. 
uh <laughs> i pretty much i'm getting rewarded a lot by playing it i am organizing the tournament and the tournament group stage came to an end and playoffs are coming up this weekend it's going to be brutal because all all the teams that are remaining are formidable so you know i just spend a lot of time playing it because it's like my game like i, I think maybe at a certain point you become start becoming associated with the game and you feel rewarded by it and you end up playing it more um but the good news is that I've been playing ranked mode instead of quick match, and I've played a ton of quick match games, um, and I'm up to rank 13. I'm on the road to rank one, man. Like it's that, pretty oh, yeah. crazy. Like it, there's 50 ranks. The first 40, the first 10 are freebies. Like you can just play and you'll never lose rank, yeah. like Hearthstone. But uh-huh. man, the competition's getting tough. And I'm I've had some eight or nine game win streaks, and I'm just coasting my way up the ladder. So I've got this sort of new mission to hit rank one, just because I'm the Heroes of the Storm guy. I should be rank one. <laughs> I, you know what? I feel like that's true. Actually, I feel like that that you, you know, a prominent podcasting sensation Scott Johnson recruited you to his team based on your Heroes of the Storm expertise. I feel like if Bo can't make rank one, then nobody can make oh, rank one. Well, there's lots of people that make rank one, though. Well, not lots, but. You see them on you see them on Twitch, you know all the show off pro gamers. Is it so. is it like um didn't doesn't Hearthstone you get to rank one and then there's like a legendary thing or some something past rank one? Yeah, then you're on a leaderboard, right? So you just it's for elo basically. You just if you win a game against someone with higher or lower elo, you get more points and you get shifted around. Do you have that to rank in one. heroes? It's grandmasters coming for heroes. And so part of the reason is I want to be ready for grandmasters because <laughs> I, I think that I'm going to have a presence on that grandmasters board. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm like, you have to put in the time for it. And granted I have other things I have to prioritize right now, but um, it's funny when you like are good at a game, but don't realize it. And then you play with other people. And everyone's like, Hey, you're pretty good. Like, Oh, I want to be on my team. Hey, you're really good. And it's like, that never maybe, happens to me. It's never happened to me either. And I'm getting that. And it's not to say I have a big head about it. Like there are plenty. I got schooled today by a Vala. Let me tell you, I at least killed her six or seven times, but we lost the game in the long run. Um, there are people that are way better than me for certain, but it's a team game and yeah. there's room for people of varying skill who if you mechanically if the other team's better than you but you play better as a team you'll come out on top in that game and i think that's what people like about it um generally teamwork sort of triumphs over oh i'm gonna carry everybody because i'm you know korean sorry <laughs> but, Whoa, where did that come from? Well, Korea, everyone knows Koreans are the best uh, MOBA players in the world, right? They dominate League of Didn't... Legends, the world tournaments anyways. I'm I'm about to say something nerdy that I shouldn't even know, but I saw it on the news the other day that the Dota 2, the international, the grand prize was actually won by an American team for the first time ever. Yeah, congratulations! I didn't, I wasn't following that. I don't, I didn't follow the international. I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. They're always, that's always the drama. You know, in wrestling, there's always the storyline and the drama. Yeah. In MOBAs, it's always like, will the Americans do it, or will it be the Europeans? Oh, the Koreans are so good. They train every day. And the Chinese, they're not far behind them. Yeah, so it's good to hear, you know, that uh, the Americans took one. If I was the American the team, I, I would have ensured that my entrance music was Hulk Hogan's Real American. I'm a real It's North Americans. American. It includes Canada and I think might even include Mexico. So it's not just... 
It's not just Americans. It's Canadian. There might have been might have been a Canadian team for all I know, because it's North American. Fight for the right of every man. <laughs> for the record, Crofton was just waiting for me to shut up so I could continue. All right. Well, that's all I have to say about Heroes. I play it a lot. It's super fun, and um, I'm decent. <laughs> Hello there, Bo here. Uh, just a quick little ad break to let you guys know about another great podcast that uh, is a part of our podcast family called Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Three guys, Bo, Michael, and Crofton, select a topic at random using the random topic generator and debate whether it's Good, Bad, or Bullshit. If you like this, I know you'll like Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher or visit our site goodbadbull.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I'm going to return you to our regular programming of the Exclamation Mark Podcast. Uh, with that out of the way, let us move on to our dialogue tree. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. Yep, it's the dialogue tree where we take a topic prescient in the minds of gamers and discuss it in a meaningful smart person's way <laughs> and you couldn't have made that sound any more dumb i started off with the word prescient which is a good smart person word and then hit a, hit just, a just wall of stupidity um so but we today our topic is we're going to discuss the phenomenon known to gamers as Live streaming. Live streaming. And ironically, or maybe not ironically, or maybe I don't even know what the word ironically means anymore. We are live streaming right now. We are indeed. This is a live stream. Notably, this is a talk show. We've got some webcams. We're chatting. It's a live stream. But I think what we want to talk about with respect to live streaming is that, you know, the culture of watching other people play games for your own entertainment, having it on, is this, this has definitely affected gaming in general and the way certain companies are brought up, um, certain companies market their goods. Blizzard, for example, all the information I received about Gamescom was on the Blizzard Twitch stream, which was just live streamed. It wasn't on a TV station. It wasn't in some article somewhere that I read or some podcast even, it was on a live stream, all marketing all about their game. And then they had people playing games, you know, for fun, so we could see what the games were. So is this good for, I mean, it's good for gaming, but is this really a thing that we want to get people into, which is watching other people play video games? Like, so so let's let's just, before we even yeah. go into the conversation, let's, let's, two questions to both of us. I'll start. Um... Do you watch live streams of of gaming? And, and two, do you do just plays or 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 your own sort of live streams in gaming? I'll answer first. So, do I watch them? No. Do I do them? Also, no. All right. Bo? Um. So, I, do I watch live streams? Yes. Yes. I want to get into what that word "watch" means in a second. Um, and the second one is, do I do them? I've tried them. I have, I've done some live streaming. Yeah, but not a whole lot. 
Um, I did meet a, one good friend through a live stream. We were playing some Diablo, and we played a lot of Diablo together. Um, but, uh, Corey, if you're listening, hi. Um, but uh, <laughs> Hi, Corey! We haven't spoken in a while, but who knows? Maybe he checks out the show. Um, only if he has good taste. Only if he has good taste. But, uh, no, I... Um, I mainly just watch, although I'd like to stream more. I feel like I feel like it's fun. It's just kind of hard to get into because here's the deal with streaming. One is interactivity. Um, the thing that makes it different from television is that the people on the other end can interact with you. So you can do custom games and invite some viewers in, like subscribers, or people will just give you advice. Like if you, if you could kill the opponent in Hearthstone, but you don't see it, and everyone in chat room is going, legal, legal, you have legal then you know you have lethal and so you can you know it might make you aware so it's nice to have a bunch of people crowdsourced over your shoulder playing the game with you um but the main way that i watch live stream is usually i'm doing something else for me uh i might be working on post-production on the show i might be emailing might be job hunting um i might be playing my own game uh and i've got a stream up on the other monitor and it's kind of fun to check out what people are doing in hearthstone or games that i'm interested in so i tend not to watch intently to a lot of the stuff i'm doing and this is not just live streaming this is also shows and i feel like this is better than saying putting on scrubs and watching scrubs on the second screen because i'd like to actually watch scrubs so i don't want to miss things that are happening so live streaming content has a nice way of being entertaining in that way um yeah, but by the same token, I'm now at a point where like I feel weird when I'm not watching a live stream, and I'm a bit concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, see, what I, I would say about live stream, a, a lot of it I've written in the very first edition of my blog that I did, uh, the question mark, and I'm due for new, another one soon. But uh, you can go on our website and read that. It was uh, it was about the gener- the what I see is the first gaming generation gap, um, and that being that uh, you know the we're the first generation that's grown up with games, um, really. Like, I mean, ubiquitously, I'm talking about the uh, adults who are now gamers as opposed to, yes, I recognize there was like super old Atari games or arcade games. Somebody, my dad could potentially have played a bunch of games, but more likely than not, people in their mid-30s, early 40s, that sort of thing, are the first gaming generation with kids and such. Um, And so for me, live streaming is one of those things that I just... I don't. I don't really under. I don't really understand. It has little to no appeal uh, for me personally. I think that has a lot to do. The more I think about it, with the type of games that I like to play. So, for instance, uh, you saw in this episode, Bo focused a lot on the Blizzard games, and I focus a lot on maybe console or single player experiences because honestly, that's what I'm looking for in my free time. I'm looking for. Uh, um, a single-player game that I can get immersed in, like The Witcher. However, every once in a while, I, I want a good multiplayer game too. I like, but I like playing like couch co-op with my real-life friends, or I like, you know, Bo and I play Borderlands two together uh, over, you know, over uh, the internet and that sort of thing. But it, I, I don't feel the need to like show it to a bunch of people, strangers that I don't know while I'm playing it, even though obviously my color commentary would be super hilarious and people would really like me and maybe I would make millions of dollars like PewDiePie or whatever his name is. It's possible, probably likely actually, but 
It just doesn't really fit with the way that I like to play games. That doesn't mean that it's an it, it's not the it's not a valid like valid way of doing it. But yeah. what is it that like when you have done them in the past? Like you, I know I've seen you do the Hearthstone one, where you, your face is kind of in the bottom or whatever, and then you've got the Hearthstone board. Like what? What is it that's fun about actually doing them? Not so much uh, observing them, like doing them. I think, like, I don't know. Like, and I think that's a question I was looking at answering because live streaming is, in theory, everybody could do it. Like everyone, you have a webcam, you play games on your computer, you can live stream. There's a free program. You create a free account on Twitch. You're a live streamer. So, There's a button on my PlayStation controller called Share. I just hit it and I can start live streaming instantly. Yeah. But the thing is, if you look at the majority of streams by quantity on Twitch, a lot of them have the amount of viewers like we have, zero to like five or zero to ten. Like What? Oh, Bo, we have <laughs> We have thousands. We're supposed to lie. We have to lie to the audio listeners, Twitch people, so that they think we're more popular than we are. Um, no, but... This, you know the thing is then there are some there are really popular ones and i think that um i think if you're getting into doing this what i observe from a lot of the people that do it is that they like the interaction you know i think it gives them a face sort of in the larger gaming community so when they achieve success when they achieve meaningful relationships with like people in the chat room like they're they're getting something out of making people's day by watching them, um, then I think that's the reward. Because I know if, you know, lots of people started logging into my chat, I'd want to interact with it and, you know, hang out with people in the chat room. But, like, the times that I've streamed, let's face it, everyone's looking at me going, like, who's this bearded fool? And they, they, they check in and they, they, they go away. That being said, I'd like to give it another earnest shot. I hear one of the key things, and it's like what we do with podcasting is just consistency. So my big thing is like, oh, I'd like to do it. But then you have to block off time to do it. And you, I find you can only really play certain games to interact meaningfully with the chat room. It's hard, you know, if you're playing like Heroes, I can't, which is a game I tried to stream for about a week or so. Because you're just too busy playing the game, I'm just, right? I'm, I have to. You have to concentrate on that game. Like, there's. You I know, think. I think most games you you kind of do. Like, well, Hearthstone, I understand you that don't. Heart, but that Hearthstone is like using the word video game to defra- to describe Hearthstone is already very generous. It's essentially a card game that's online yeah, yeah. or whatever. So, so I mean, yeah, a card. If I'm playing any card game, obviously it's not super fast. Whereas. Um, Whereas most video games, like uh, like I think of like super fast shooters, like Unreal Tournament, uh, where it's just like bounce, bounce, bounce. You're like shoot, 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 shoot. I could not possibly imagine like interacting with people on the sideline. Oh, do you think I should make this headshot? Oh, good, good call. Oh, everybody's <laughs> calling for the headshot. I better make it. You know, yeah. um, I, it's just ridiculous. There's only certain types of games that are going to fit that sort of back and forth. That said, there's tons of all games are being like live streamed and whatever. And maybe there's a limited interaction with the player because the players involved in the game. Maybe they're just 
chatting or, or, or doing color commentary while they play. And honestly, I like being the center of attention sometimes. I could see how, like, it, depending on your life situation, if you don't know a bunch of people, like, this provides, like, a, a virtual number. It says at the bottom of my Twitch channel, I got X amount of people who are watching me. And, uh, you know, they're all calling me fat and ugly. And uh, some of them are participating in discussing the game. Uh, like I could see how that would be something that would be involving to a, to a certain extent. I just don't. Um, I, as as a now a father of a kid who at one point was going to grow up uh, playing video games, I know that she's at, at one point she's going to be like, "Daddy, I want to stream my live stream my Minecraft game." And I'll be like, no fucking way, or whatever. <laughs> like, you are not going Daddy, into that cesspit, <laughs> cesspit of like scum and villainy to uh, to to stream. Oh my god, uh, it's a grill. Yeah, are you a are you a girl in RL? You know, like oh, no, uh, the, the term is grill now. Oh, sorry, because they misspell girl into grill, and so it's grills. I'm so lame. And it's, um, uh, show us your beepity boot grill. Like it's horrible. Like, and that's the one thing I'll say about. It's the internet in general. This isn't specific to live streaming. I think it's amped up for the gamer community. And, like, you see these things on uh, Gamergate and and how women are treated and stuff like that. Like, I mean... It is worse on a live stream. So, uh, if you go, there's a popular live streamer girl. She's she's very pretty. She's from Saskatchewan. She lives in Canada. Um, Her name is Alinity. And if you go to her Twitch chat and check out what people say to her, people drop in there all the time sexually harassing her and she's got a community of moderators that i'm sure edited out at some point and those people you know there's people ready to pounce but it's rampant and constant it's disgusting you know and and it may that's the internet in general live streaming tends to do this and i don't think we should just say well women shouldn't stream because there's asshole dudes out there um but it's certainly it certainly leaves you kind of disgusted. Like, it leaves me disgusted. Anyway. Well, it's the whole... You're right. It's the whole anonymity of the internet times a zillion, right? Like, uh, it's a bunch of people who are in uh, a mob who are faceless. Their only name is, like, their username, and they can just go crazy with it, right? And often, you know, there are probably a lot of them are, are, are young teens to, you know, early 20 something douchebags like i mean it's not everybody and that's the thing it's like there's the medium and there's the message here and and that's the thing with live live streaming marshall i do McLuhan. feel like pardon marshall McLuhan. yes that famous canadian who said the medium is a message sorry for How... the interruption i just had to call it out right there uh the, continue <laughs> the the thing is is that um just because there's a bunch of douchebags doing douchebag things in live streams doesn't mean that live streaming shouldn't happen. And it's one of those things where, um, like, you made the example of, like, did you ever play video games uh, with people watching? And I definitely did. Like, I played with my brother, uh, I and he would watch me. Um, and, and I honestly, like, it was a really good experience, but that was cause I always felt that's cause it was my brother, you know? And like, yeah. I, I'm not necessarily sure I want to share that experience with, with any, everyone. So like, I think uh, that's okay. I, like, I mean, I would play, I, I would do it, but I'm not, I'm much more prone to doing a live stream. Like you have talked about doing a just play for EXM listeners before. I'm open to doing that. It, um, 
because I want to share my love of video games with as many people as possible. I'm totally fine with that. But I'm not as interested in spending what little valuable time I have watching other people's. And I know that sounds brutal. I listen to gaming podcasts, but I can often do that while doing other things. I know you're saying, like, I can do other things while I watch streams. Well, I wouldn't because I'm never sat down at my computer except if I'm playing a video game or I'm working on something that requires 100% of my uh, attention. Otherwise, I'm up and about and I'm doing something else or I'm playing a console game or I'm whatever, right? So. Um, uh, because of my limited time, it m- means that I'm not going to watch streams, but I would consider participating in one. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I-, I think that a lot of the people who are popular streamers, coincidentally, don't watch streams. So, you know, or they, they yeah. don't watch, at, like, because, like, some streamers stream for eight hours a day. You see them. They're not watching streams. You know, they're streaming. So that's there's only crazy. so many hours a day. But they, this is their full-time jobs. There are people, it's their job is to stream and they, they make money from their YouTube videos and their streams, their stream revenues. And, if you're, yeah. yeah, if you are one of those people or if you stream a lot or whatever, uh, we would, or if you, anybody who has an opinion on streaming, we would like to hear from you. Like we realize, like Bo is, is much more well-versed in this than I am, but I am in, in, in particular interested in those who have had positive and negative streaming experiences because this is something I would like to learn more about just because I feel like I'm being left behind a little bit by it. And uh, I'm not necessarily saying I want to participate in it. I just, I'm interested to hear what people think. It's so, for the children, guys. He needs, to, for, he needs to make sure Gwen, you know, he stays up to what Gwen... That's well, right. I need to can know... I say, can I say her of, name? You talk about Gwen, right? Should I edit that out? Not, not on this show, I don't, because oh, there's a bunch of pervs listening. Bastard, I'm sorry. It's actually Yennefer her name god i would have to kick my own ass <laughs> all right but yes um yeah i think for to put a final cap on it live streaming is like pretty fun and awesome we all like doing it um i have a question mark on the kind of culture it's going to create in the future it feels like it may not be the bestest thing for people to get into if that makes any sense you know uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely the negatives are pretty apparent, uh, and uh, it's just a it'll it'll be interesting to see once the the dust settles because right now you see YouTube getting into it, you see all these things like it's still growing, it's still changing. Once everything settles and it becomes more regimented or organized, it'll be interesting to see what sort of you know culture we end up with if maybe things get a little cleaner. I got I got it for you, VR streaming. <laughs> uh, oh, boo. <laughs> but uh, you're just picturing yeah. streaming into my house but imagine into like the playboy mansion that might be oh, fun Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. for the next episode of the dialogue tree the playboy mansion all right sign me up um all right so i think that pretty much covers the dialogue tree discussion thanks for listening and now crofton has some things he's gonna say i do I'm going to talk about uh, oh, what wait, our no. recommendations are yeah. this week, I think, Bo. Oops. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. Now, we'll keep it uh, short and sweet because we're running fairly long here. Episode's almost over. But uh, I'm going to say my recommendation for this week's inventory management. And I know I've said before how I don't like to recommend games until I am done with them in case they get shitty at the end or whatever. 
Uh, I'm willing to now waive that for Ori in the Blind Forest. I know I've put in like I've almost completed the game, and I would honestly really recommend it. And I know like there's a lot of games these days that kind of um, run that sort of that line between arty game, art house game, and like mainstream console game. You've got a game that's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a big dude with a big machine gun or whatever, and then I'm shooting guys in the face and their heads explode. And then on the other end, you've got like, I'm a flower floating in the sky and emotions are surrounding me. So like Ori walks a line that's closer to closer actually to traditional games that you've played like Metroid, Castlevania and that sort of thing. It's really accessible it's super beautiful and the gameplay is really tight so even though it's got an arty name like Ori in the Blind Forest and it's all about there's emotions and feelies and all that sort of stuff. It's really still like if you've been holding off on this game because you think it's not like a real game. This is this is about as real as it gets. Is it very difficult too? It's very forgiving. You can replay a lot. Like re- uh, you, one of the mechanics is setting your save points actually, and it takes a certain en- amount of your energy to set a save point. So um, you'll you'll do a difficult section, and then as soon as you're done, you're like, oh, I'm gonna put a save point here, uh, and and then you'll find out, oops, you blew all your energy trying to get through the section and now you can't set the safe point so you've got to do the next section or whatever so it's very difficult people have compared it to the dark souls of platformers but i don't think it's that hard but it 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 is uh satisfying and it is my recommendation of the week ori in the blind forest it's available on pc and xbox one that's a great recommendation uh again it's on my wish list so i will eventually try that game Uh, My recommendation for this week is going to be Warframe. I've talked a lot about Warframe last week. It was going to be my recommendation last week, but we also talked about Rocket League, which is good. Um, Warframe, you owe it to yourself to give it a try. It's free to play. You'll get some cool stuff to do. It's fun being Space Ninja. You'll have to make the decision whether or not it's too grindy for you to try out all the other Warframes. Some of them are pretty easy to get. Um, I wouldn't recommend spending a lot of money uh, on it before you are either hooked or not. And it's a game you can play in small doses. It's very much, you know, you're not in it for the story as much as you're in for the candy of being a ninja and flipping all over the walls and shooting stuff. So that is my recommendation is Warframe. Uh, It's pretty good. All right. And uh, so if you want more details, check out the Warframe episode. That's last week, episode 15, I believe. And that's going to cover it for inventory management. All right, so Ori in the Blind Forest from Crofton and Warframe from Bo. Um, the, uh, just before we get to the biggest and most important part of every show, the Master Game Theater Quote of the Week, we are going to just close up shop by going through some of the ways that you can follow or participate uh, in the exclamation mark universe, our cinematic universe, if you will. Um, exmpodcast.com is our website where you can find all the episodes of the podcast as well as Bo's magnificent write-ups and my blog entries, uh, the question mark blog entries. Uh, we're on Twitter at exmpodcast. Please follow us. And then whenever we're live streaming, you will get a handy little Twitter message letting you know we're going live. And then you can go to twitch.tv slash exmpodcast and live stream and participate. Send us messages either mocking our physical appearance or perhaps, you know, contributing to a dialogue on video games. We appreciate everything. Well, most things. 
Uh, Facebook.com slash EXM podcast is our Facebook page. If you click like, you'll be notified whenever there's a new episode there as well. You can sign up on iTunes. You can sign up uh, through Stitcher. Um, and uh, if you like us and our show, we would invite you to check out our sister show. It's called Good Bad or Bullshit. Uh, goodbadbull.com is the website. And we review a random topic, not necessarily gaming related. It can be anything. Every week we determine whether it is good, whether it is bad, or whether it is bullshit. If you like the show, you will probably like that show. Uh, Bo, can people contact you or reach you individually, especially if they are interested in discussing your Blizzard pursuits? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Bo Schwartz, and there you can find uh, tweets about me playing Here's the Storm mostly, but a lot of other good stuff, uh, including the Good Bad Bull related information. Sweet. I also use my name in Twitter, and my Twitter account is at Crofton Steers, and you can find me twittering away uh, random tweets about everything from video games to Canadian politics, because if you miss the sheer mind-numbing amount of A's this episode, it is pretty clear that we are Canadians. Um, yeah, eh? So, yeah, eh? It's w- wicked pisser, eh? Oh, wait, that's Boston. Going out All right. Rip, eh? We did this last week. <laughs> then let's do something else we did last week, Bo. The Master Game Theater Quote of the Week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. All right. So this Master Game Theater Quote of the Week uh, is in the spirit of the Mafia 3 announcement. It is from Mafia 2. And setting the stage, uh, Bo will be playing Henry Tomasino, who is a, uh, a, a gangster of Italian background who received a bullet wound to the gut. I will be playing Joe Barbero, the main protagonist's uh, bosom buddy, modeled perhaps after Joe Pesci, who will be providing medical advice to said uh, character. So, without further ado, Bo, when you're ready, as Henry, mm-hmm. I will be Joe. Tell me when. If I don't make it... Hey, hey, don't go say that, pal. It's just a scratch. The doc will give you a few stitches, then we'll all go out and celebrate. No, no, really. Shh. You shouldn't talk right now. Helps conserve your strength. I saw that in a movie once. Yeah, and what happened to the guy in the movie? Uh, he died. Vinny? I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> it's Joey. 